All right, all right, all right. Hey, guys, how you doing? This is Dave Villa. Welcome to Game Changer Sales Cast. It is Monday. What's up, Lou? Thank you, sir. It is Monday. It's time for Game Changer. Now, I've been moving, shucking, and jiving. I didn't get home from Miami last night until 3.30 in the morning. Came in this morning and uh, just got finished. Literally, they jerked me out of a sales meeting where we uh, were in this uh, this morning and uh, pulled me into the studio and said, "Um, you're live. So I'm excited to be here. We've got a great guest today. Uh, We have... um, an outstanding guest today. We're going to be bringing Renee on in just a minute. But uh, I want to talk to you guys in just a moment. I want to get your feedback. If you're watching on Facebook live or you're watching on SerialSalesPro.com or DavidVilla.me, we're going to talk about closing. I want to hear your comments on what you think and feel about closing the deal. I'm going to talk to you guys about what's been on my heart for the last couple of days, since uh, really since last week. I'm actually doing and putting some training together uh, specifically on this, <clears throat> including the meeting that I just did, where... If, if, and I want you to hear this, okay? I'm not talking about the phrase from the boiler room that says, you know, either someone's being closed, either you're closing them on why or they're closing you on why not. I agree with that. I get that. I've heard that my entire sales career. That's not what I'm talking about when I say this. So I want you to kind of hear me and, re- and listen between the lines. I'm talking about um, if somebody is closing the sale that you're on. Okay, I'm, I'm specifically now, and I'm going to kind of I'm going to digress for a second. I'm specifically assuming, okay, that you have gotten a decision maker on the phone or you're in front of a decision maker. By the way, if you're not in front of a decision maker, my philosophy is you're wasting your time. So let's just move past the beginning prospecting stage. We're not talking about that today. Now let's let's say you got a decision maker on the phone. You're you're in front of a decision maker, and now you're going to take a decision maker to your presentation, to your demo. Uh, you're going to do a walk around with them, what have you. So I'm not talking about that. I'm assuming that both of those have happened. And then now we are walking shoulder to shoulder with the people who are making the decision, either the husband and the wife, the, the family, the, the, the business owner, the CEO, the VP of sales, whoever it is that you're meeting with, you're walking in the maze of the presentation shoulder to shoulder. Okay. That's where we're at today. We're going to talk about the close. Now you're walking through this presentation. You've opened the door. Okay, you guys that have listened to me for a while, you know that when I when I talk about closing, I talk about walking through your door in the morning, turning around and shutting it, even though you're going to be back to your home later that day. There's no reason technically to not close it, except I don't want to get robbed. I don't want bugs coming into my home. I don't want rodents and and I, I, you know, I don't want uh, vagabonds and I don't want to leave my door open to the elements. So I'm going to close my door behind me. It's a natural process. I don't leave my door open. I close it. So here's what I want to put out there. I want to put out there that we, we join, if we're not careful, 90% of salespeople that don't ask for the close. Now I'm going to tell you that a difference between asking for the close and them knowing that you're trying to sell something is 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 paramount. So listen, I'm not telling you or or proposing that a decision maker doesn't know you're on the phone with them or that you're meeting with them because you want to sell them something. They know that. But that does not equate to you asking for the sale. Do you get the difference? 90% of salespeople don't ask for the sale. So here's what I think about that. I don't think of how, wow, man, 90% of salespeople suck. You know what I think about? I think about 10% that are killing it. I think about I think about always being in the the small or the minority category, the elite category when it comes to sales. So if you want to own your share, if you want your unfair advantage, then learn how to ask for the sale. So we're walking shoulder to shoulder in this maze or this 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 uh, 
uh, a presentation and we're talking. Now, I want you to understand something. Through this maze, through this presentation, you've been there before. Does that make sense, Lewis? We, Ezra, we've been there before. I have been in this maze with my product, with decision makers, a thousand times. I know every nook, every cranny. I know where every bush is. I know where every pitfall is. I know where every potential problem is. So here's my question. If I know where those are, why do I keep going back to the same rock that I know has a rattlesnake under it and tipping that over and getting bit over and over again? So what, this time, I think... That I can do it and not get bit? No. So listen, I'm going to challenge you. If you have been in this maze before and you know what's gotten you in trouble before and you know what helps you and causes you to lose the sale before, stop doing it. 90% don't ask for sale. So we're walking through this. I'm going to tell you that if you don't close, listen to this. You want to write this down because this is good. If you don't close this sale, they will close this sale. Do you understand that? That makes sense to you. If you don't close this sale that you're in, they will close this sale. Meaning that if you can imagine walking out of your front door or walking out of your office door and you're standing there talking to somebody, it's your office, right? It's your domain. But yet this person walks out with you and you're standing a foot and a half or two feet away from the door and you leave it open. Now, both of you are aware that this door is something that you walk through. You're not going back in right now. You're going to go get in your cars. You're going to go to lunch or whatever, but you're talking there. Both of you are aware, what? That the door is open. Did you hear me? Both parties are aware the door is open. It's your door, not theirs. But if you don't reach and close the door, listen, listen, they don't want to close your door. You guys got to hear me. Sales people have to realize that the prospect wants to be closed. They want to do business with somebody who's either what? Certain or uncertain? Who do you want to do business with? Certain. Decisive or indecisive? Decisive. Strong or weak? Strong. I want to do business with somebody that's going to, that's going to give me suggestions, that's going to lead me into the proper direction, right? And so you're standing there in front of your door. It's your domain. They're waiting on you to close the door. And here you are yapping away. Both of you are aware the door is open. You're beating around the bush, man. You're beating around the bush. All of a sudden, what happens, I've seen this happen in, 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 in real life. They're going to reach over and go, hey, I got this. And they're going to close the door for you. The problem with salespeople, we lose sales, is because we don't close the sales We let the prospect close the sale. They dictate when we're going to call back. They dictate what the next step is instead of you. You're not leading the process. I'm going to give you a couple questions. Hey, Joe, listen, man, it seems that we're in agreement that this is what you're looking for. What do you suggest we do? That's a closing question. What 90% don't do. Hey, Joe, it seems that we're in agreement that this is what you want to do. Joe, what do you suggest we do? That's a closing question. How about this one? Hey, hey, Kelly. What can we do together to speed up the process and make this happen? That's a closing question. You want to do what 90% of salespeople don't do? Hey, Joe, what can we do together to speed up the process and make this happen? Hey, 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 Frank, listen, I can have this in homes the first Monday of November. What do you suggest is the next step? I'm going to give you another one here. Hey, hey, how about this one? Hey, Lewis. Is there anything else you need to know to move ahead with this order? See, what's crazy about that, I'm not asking Lewis if he needs to know anything else. I'm asking him if he needs to know anything else in order to move forward with the order. See, when Lewis gives me the answer, it's automatically him answering the question that I asked, which is, hey, Lewis, is there anything else you need to know to move ahead with this order? No, I don't, I don't really think so. Okay, well, great. Well, do you have further questions? Are we ready to proceed? Well, I mean, I like it. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. I mean, it seems like we're in agreement. This is what you're looking for. What do you suggest we do next? 
See, do what 90% of salespeople don't do, and that is ask for the sale. Right? What do you think? Huh? Is Renee Perez on? She's on the line now. She's on the line. She's on the line. All right. That so, sounds fantastic. <laughs> awesome. So we're gonna bring, we're gonna bring Renee. I'm sorry, Perez Perry on, and uh, she is with uh, uh, she is with Wheels Auto. I'm actually let her to, to introduce herself and where she's from. But um, we have a uh, a friend who actually was on my other show not too long ago with the panel of guests. Um, incredibly strong salesperson. Had the opportunity to get to know her professionally here recently. And uh, Renee Perry, thank you so much for being on Game Changer Salescast with me. And uh, I want to bring you on, and I want to jump right into, well, first of all, tell our guests um, your position and the company that you work for. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for having me again. Um, I am the Vice President of Corporate Accounts with Wheels Automotive Dealer Supplies. Mm-hmm. We are one of North America's largest um, dealer supply company. We specialize in print-on-demand work exclusively with 17 OEMs for their CPO marketing efforts and are one of the only supply companies that manufactures the majority of our products in-house. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's, that's a lot of stuff. And I know that you, uh, you're a busy person and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to hang with me for a few minutes. We're talking on, on, on the sales cast today, we're talking about sales and specifically, and I like to do this with the, with the guests that come on. We really don't have a, a predetermined topic. Um, because the guests that we bring on, you know, are, are game changers in sales. And so I like to get them on and like just to kind of talk from the off the cuff. You're pretty good with that, right? Absolutely. Awesome. So let's talk for a second. I, I was talking in, in the intro about closing and, you know, and, and not just, you know, not just like the, the, the soft nature of it, but specifically, Renee, and I know a little bit about you and what you do in the industry that you serve. You've got to be a good closer. You've got to be somebody who's aggressive to be who you are in the position you are and then serve the industry that you serve. There's a lot of people listening um, and, and a lot of salespeople that aren't in industries maybe um, or don't have the experience that, that we do coming from this side of things. So I'm specifically talking about closing the sale and the fact that 90% of salespeople never even ask for the sale. And, and something I said earlier, I said, you know, the fact that they don't ask for the sale is not the same as the, the person they're talking to, the decision maker, not knowing that they want to sell something. So you have on one hand, the decision maker who knows the reason they're on the phone or walking through a, a face-to-face presentation, a go-to meeting with you, and yet they don't get asked for the business. So they, they get told, hey, I got this great product. I have this great experience. I have this great service. Just give me a few minutes. They take that time. An hour later, they're not, they're not asked for the business. It's just assumed or implied. And it's not good enough, in my opinion. Why do you think that salespeople... I mean, 90%. Why do you think that salespeople don't ask for the business? Well, I did sell cars in the past for almost 13 years, and I think people don't ask for the business out of um, truly discomfort, um, uncertainty, um, lack of confidence, and it really stands out. In uh, today's uh, day and age with the car buyers visiting, the statistic is 1.2 dealers per decision. Um, we all know they do 90% of their research online and give or take uh, the odd occasion, they know exactly what they're coming in to buy. And if you don't sell them, you've just given them all the information on that particular vehicle, done the test drive, put in your hours to this client, they're going to go to the guy down the street who's going to ask for the sale and you've just lost that client and the referral. 
Absolutely, Renee. We had somebody uh, comment on Facebook just now, Kevin Campbell, who is a who is an internet uh, a BDC manager, internet manager. He's actually about seventeen hats, but he's in he's in automotive management. And he said, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. He says if you don't ask. And you know, <clears throat> it's interesting. You mentioned um, you mentioned that uh, one example. Let me ask you, what do you think? Um, what do you think the chances are that fear? you know, of rejection has, has to play with it. Do you think that they're afraid they're going to get a no? So sometimes people just would, would rather just not ask. Is that coming to play at all? So maybe they just, they hope that through osmosis or through, Hey, you know, just some sort of accident, somebody's going to buy this product from me. Is that coming to play at all? Absolutely. I think that even a lot of people that uh, one would say talks a big, big game, they have uh, an intimidating customer in front of them they're going to go with what they say. They're going to crouch down like a little puppy dog, and they're going to lose that sale. I mean, I was always taught from my first year in the car business, Mm -hmm. if you don't ask, you don't get. And that line can be utilized in many areas of your life. But you'd be surprised when, like you're saying, Dave, when people do ask, how many yeses you're going to get. And if you don't get a yes, you're minimally going to get that objection, which you can then overcome to get your yes. I like I like that a lot. I want to I want to talk about that for a second, just a little more. So so okay. So let's look at the fact that if the statistics right, and if it's not ninety percent, I don't think anybody went around the world to the seven billion people and interviewed them. But you know, the <laughs> fact is, it's a lot. Okay, and a lot of salespeople, and I think the number is fairly fairly close because over the years, you know, um, I've had a, a room of salespeople. If I have ten, then then typically eight or nine have problems doing that until we train them. So let's assume the the, the, the statistics high that we don't ask for. So you just said that if you ask you're liable to get a yes i th- do you think that there is there's there's psychology to that meaning that the person is so so uh uh used to not being asked <laughs> specifically and directly that when they are they're not as prepared to to say no at that point they're they're you know and it, do you think that comes into play um so, somewhat as well absolutely absolutely actually I recall being in sales and when I learned how to do that and how to, you know, go above and beyond like my thoughts and actually ask for the sale, you do catch a lot of clients off guard because they're not asked that everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if, you, if you're not getting that yes, which is beautiful in itself, you'll get the reason why they are not prepared today. Yeah. So everything's on the table. That's awesome. And let's talk for a second about something you mentioned, the objection. And, you know, um, I've, I've, you know, there's a lot of training that we do. And a lot of times we may be good at some of the objections that we hear over and over and over again. You know, and we're smart enough as salespeople that, you know, that, that of, of any, any form of success to, to, to understand and to anticipate those. But let's talk for a second about something that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people, even in today's sales arena, don't even know about the term hidden objection. I'm of the persuasion, and let's see where you fit on this, that if there is a reason that is, that is covered, a hidden objection – uh, to, uh, that's there for somebody to not buy that we don't know about yet because maybe our discovery and our questioning, you know, um, our, our prospecting and, you know, uh, all, all of the, uh, the, the information has not been, you know, we haven't listened. We haven't taken time to, to, you know, to empathize. So therefore there's this hidden objection and it doesn't necessarily have to be anything major, but I'm of the persuasion that if that's not uncovered, that a deal is virtually impossible to 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 come together with what, what's your opinion on that? Have you in, in running into hidden objections in your career? Uh, well, to my recollection, when those were uh, those would come about, 
it would be if I knew myself because I wasn't leading the client through the demonstration process, through the test drive process, and kind of just going with the flow because the um, client perhaps didn't have a lot of time or was indicating so, and I skipped some of my sales steps that I knew I had to go through, I found that's where I'd run into that issue. If I wasn't doing things as I normally would and taking charge, as you said earlier, of the conversation and walking the client into the deal, mm-hmm. I find that's when it would come up. One, one, more, one more question, and I kind of want to take it to the to more fast forward it to today for you because talk to people that, that, you know, sometimes, and because I'm as a CEO of a company, uh, you know, and we have several products that I head up and, and, and I do a lot of training and speaking, things like that. I, I are obviously I'm not in direct, you know, a sales position, but I'm a salesperson. I sell, I sell a lot of clients. And so as a person who is still in sales and still sales every day, you, and as do you talk about the shift though so you're not in a, a sales role but you but you do have to sell everyone that you come in contact with you know so you're selling not a consumer to buy a product but you're selling you know consumers on why to continue to use a product or why they should look at it this way or you're selling possibly someone's listening that's selling their team of salespeople on why they should do something this way so we as salespeople always sell we just shift maybe our audience or who that we are, you know, persuading, you know, talk about the difference mm-hmm. in that when you move from, you know, when you move from um, selling a product, maybe to, to selling people and influence, how does that differ to you? Well, it is, it is quite, uh, quite different from selling cars. What I'm doing now um, in my position. Now I deal directly with the executives at the OEMs mm-hmm. and the CEOs and presidents of these large dealer groups. So I'm pitching to someone that's going to make not only a substantially sized purchase, but also have faith in our company that we can make it. So tell our company's story um, by example, how we got to be as big as we are. We currently have 9,300 dealers as clients on top of our OEM partnerships and that's nice. throughout North America. And basically keep, keeping these people who have never heard of me before, which is many people, <laughs> on the phone, keeping them interested and letting them know why they should take a chance with us should they have never worked with us before. And I find that takes a skill in itself. Um, and that is, in essence, selling as well oh, and sure. closing, of course. You, I would yeah, so I would been, venture to say that, I mean, because I, I can tell you that I would venture to say 100%, knowing both sides of what you've done, that what you do now is, is harder. I mean, it, listen, to sell CEOs, absolutely. decision makers, general managers, dealer principals, I mean, it is it is harder because – a, they're they're extremely busy and it's and they're getting inundated. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference in a consumer that may come to a dealership or you know is at least places himself into some type of position that's uh, friendly to buy in a buying atmosphere. But um, it, it, when you have somebody that's business to business that has a budget or that that spends money and everybody that you compete with for, or that competes with for that money even if it's not direct competition product-wise, they know they spend money. So that person's getting inundated with responses. And, um, you know, one of our uh, guys here last week was talking to um, one of our decision-maker dealers that we were talking to and said, you can't possibly take those 30 calls a week because your job would then be nothing but taking sales calls. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody Mm -hmm. uh, put a comment on Facebook. Dave Cribb said, it's much easier. I'll see what you can uh, comment on this. It's much easier to ask for the sale when you're confident that you have made the sale. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I said, um, going back to my uh, days of being on the floor, all uh, car salespeople can relate to this. 
when you know you've done a great job with the test drive, you've answered the client's questions to the best of your knowledge, not guessed if you did not know the answer. I was also a pro in asking <laughs> when I didn't know the answer. If they had a service question, I'd walk them over to the service department, introduce them to one of the service managers, and we'd answer the question together. Um, little things like that, just ensuring you've covered all your bases you're definitely going to be comfortable that that client, if they leave without the sale closed, that you should be confident they will be coming back to see you because you've done everything for them above and beyond and simply treated them as you'd want to be treated, making the second largest purchase you'll ever make in your life aside from a house. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to, your last question here, I want to kind of just go off of something you just said that, um, at first, at first glance, it would it would it would not seem that it has something to do with the close, but the close itself, I think, starts in the beginning, and and you know you have to start with Absolutely. the end in mind. And so you just said something Absolutely. that was very very interesting. How you know um, you would walk the person to the service department if they had a question. You would take the person here. So there's relationship building that's taking place and rapport building. And I think that you know. Um, salespeople forget the fact that, you know, one of the things I said earlier that we enter in to this, once we get the person on the phone with the initial prospect, however long that takes, then we get in front of that person and get them to agree to an appointment face-to-face or over the phone. Now we have, we're there. Okay. The, The curtains open up and it's the presentation. It's the demonstration. It's, it's the actual appointed time where we have set aside time where they're engaged. And so now we're walking shoulder to shoulder through, I called it a maze earlier, like we're walking through the maze, you know, going towards closing this deal, however long the process. There's people that are process are a couple hours and they're, they're watching. There's people that are have a year long process that they're selling, you know, products that are that are that are uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So my question would be, how important is it to to well, no matter what you sell to really take the extra step to go the extra mile to think about the end at the beginning and everything you do, have it reflect on hey, I'm going to earn this person's business. I mean, doesn't that make the difference? Absolutely. I mean, I'm one of uh, that's one thing I'm going to pride myself on is uh, building relationships. And everyone will tell you the same thing who's very successful in sales. Once you can quickly form that relationship with someone who uh, may have been a stranger five minutes prior, they're most likely going to do business with you. You're going to make them feel comfortable. They can. I find most people can get a good feel when someone's being fake or someone's acting, you know, as a sincere acquaintance that they just met. And um, with that, you'll find, A, your confidence will be boosted. That will also make you proactively uh, close better with every conversation you're having with the client. Mm -hmm. The client will immediately feel more comfortable, and I find that'll create them to speak more freely than they would if they didn't like you. I mean, a big part of being a salesperson in car sales is being an actor. Mm -hmm. And even when you're having a bad day, you put a smile on your face and pretend that's your new best friend walking in the door. That's good stuff, Renee. Um, Renee Perry, (laughs) tell our listeners how they could, not only um, obviously dealers that are watching and people that could um, get a hold of you to to do business with you, but let's just say, you know, this sales community, we're a tight-knit bunch of people, and I think that there's people that could gleam and benefit from knowing somebody like you because you've done this and and you do things with excellence, and that I can attest to um, from my experience with you. So let people know that are listening how they can connect with you if, if, if if there's an interest in connecting with you. Absolutely. So uh, one thing we specialize in, as I mentioned earlier, earlier on a dealer level, is uh, print-on-demand marketing products. So signs, banners, 
truly unique and innovative stuff people have never seen. Um, something like the Moroni label, but it's on with a new material called Magic Cling. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. comes on and off the car's window with no residue left behind. Oh, wow. They can be completely custom done, and they're printed in-house. And we also have a dry erase style that use a whiteboard marker, a mirror tag hanger. They can be fully customizable and look beautiful, beautiful and bright. Those are also print-on-demand in-house. They can change if you want to write manager special, bi-weekly payments, etc. You want to check out the site, wheelsauto.com, okay. and you'll have all our new and uh, regularly purchased products on there. And um, you're able to reach out to me directly. I see my number on the screen, yep. 1-800-465-8831, extension 105. I'm very happy to assist you, and we can literally create anything. What we do make and manufacture in-house is second to no other company um, in the industry, which is really exciting to be able to confidently say. Awesome. Well, Renee Perry, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me on Game Changer Salescast. Um, true professional, excellent at what you do, and I recommend uh, reaching out to her uh, for not only for personal reasons to, to, to engage to somebody who is encouraging, but also for business and, and a great branding company as well. So, Renee, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Are right, you too? Thank you very much. That was Renee Perry, and uh, we had a comment come in from Tyler J. Smith. Said, "Build a sale by building a relationship. Then ask your closing questions. Also, ask tie downs throughout the demo and presentation." Great point, Tyler. And and uh, we got a couple of minutes. If you want to weigh in as well on Facebook, we'll get your comments read. But that's a great point because if you're going to look at this from closing from the very beginning with the end in mind, then it's not enough to wait until the time where the sale would take place or consummate where uh, to, to begin closing. So what Tyler's talking about is tying down the sale throughout the process. You know, I call it checking the pulse, checking the temperature, making sure, you know, uh, I talked a little bit this morning, um, we recorded something for a later date. I talked about the difference in engaging and intention. And that's really kind of where that comes into play as well. You know, if somebody gets your attention, it's different than you engaging. And I would challenge you to make sure this person's engaged all the way through the process. Because if you don't, you might lose the sale. You're very possibly going to lose the sale. And if you do, you're likely to land the sale because they're engaged and you're able to pick up on uh, places where you might have lost them. Um, I never forget a decision maker in the industry that we serve actually worked for me for a season and a period of time. And he told, this is a, a, a general manager uh, of a dealership, and he told our crew at this time, uh, two or three years ago, he said, guys, it's so important that you make sure that we are engaged. And this goes with anybody you sell. He said it from the perspective of a buyer. He said, because I can tell you, can't tell you how many times I went through a demonstration and they lost me, but through because of pride. I didn't want to tell them that I didn't know what they were talking about, and I just let them go on, and I never bought because I didn't understand something. So if tie-downs, like Tyler said, are made throughout the process, then you're, you're more apt to keep them engaged and find out and figure out right when somebody, you may lose them so that you can help uh, handle that and, and just and, and, and deal with it and then move on. So, hey, great show today. That was Game, this is Game Changer Salescast. I think it's episode six. Um, don't miss next week. I think we have an in-house guest next week, right? <laughs> Yes, we All do. right, Lisa Marie Kennedy is going to be in house. She's going to be here joining me. We're going to have our studio. Our new studio is actually ready all around me right now. You just don't want to see it. It's uh, really ugly right now. But we're going to have a new look next week. So I can't wait to see you next Monday, man. Have a great week, uh, man. Go out and sell something. Talk to you next week. Let me know. What, let me know what you think about the show. If you want to be on, get a, get a hold of us.